come to an end. It's about our relationship. Now, at the end of the day, that's what's what matters. That's what we're talking about a little bit this morning, and, and that's why next week is so important. How to build the relationships uh, that you've always dreamed of. And you may be saying it is well, all my relationships are good. Well, if you're if you're that good, then you know you want to keep getting better. People are good at something, don't want to stop, they want to keep getting better. Next week will help you get better. And, and it's, again, it's why I want to encourage you to take those cards that we gave you and give them to people. And, and don't say to them, look, I know your relationships are trained like you really need to. But say to them, I know you care about your relationships. I know you want them to be, be good too. Come on out and learn how to, how to even get them stronger. And, and then we're going to take the next week and talk a little bit more. Jesus says in the scripture that we just read, upon this rock I will build my church. He's talking about this proclamation that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he is the Messiah. And he says, upon that truth that I am the Messiah, I'm going to build the church, a called out people, a people called for a purpose. What do you think he means when he says that? What do you think Jesus' vision of a church is really like when he says, I'm going to build a church? Do you, do you think that's a place where people go who barely know each other? Uh, where we come once to get, once come together maybe once a week and maybe we sing a few songs about something we commonly believe in? Maybe we give a little bit to a cause that we want to see accomplished, or we hear a message and then we go home. You think that's the sum total of what Jesus is talking about when he says, I'm going to build my church? When the Bible talks about the church, all the metaphors, every one of them, have to do about, they're all about connection. talks about the church being a body. How much more connected can you be than a body? A body is intimately connected and dependent upon each other part for each individual part to be healthy. It's required. If certain parts of it don't work right, there's a problem. There's issues lead to death. He talks about the church being a family. We all know the old saying, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And the same thing is true in the kingdom of God. You can't choose to, the, the kingdom of God as a family. God calls all of us together to be a, a family. Be connected. Occasionally I'll run across somebody and they'll say, I don't believe in organized Glad your body's somewhat organized? Do you, you believe in an organized family, a family with some structure and order in it? Or is your family dysfunctional? Would you rather be in a dysfunctional family or in a functional family? Which would you rather be in? Well, these are these are the words that God uses to describe the church and what we're supposed to be. 
in you because you're now seeing life in a mature way, in a different way. Because of the, the aspect of giving. Whenever I meet somebody uh, who doesn't believe in organized religion, one of the things that I note about them is there's an element of selfishness about them. You know what they're really saying? I don't want to give anything up. I don't want to submit to anything. I don't want to give up my Sunday morning. I don't want to have to give up my life to the ministry. Don't ask me to give any money. Don't ask me to use my talents. I, I think that I can just go sit out under a tree by myself and commune with God. And how selfish. Just you and God. You're not caring about anybody. Not building anybody else's life. Not encouraging anybody else. Not helping anybody else. Not carrying a burden of anybody for anybody else's life. It's just you and God. Well, good for you. I, I, I hate to tell you, that may not be God you're serving.
say, if you're there, you should be splitting up. If you're at that point where you're just holding on tight, I just want to challenge you. You need to let go. And you need to say, there's somebody else in here that can lead a group. And there's more people that need to get connected. There's more people. We're not trying to build little enclaves of ingrown tornadoes. Are you with me? We're trying to build cells that split and grow. Does that sound healthier to you? Pray for me enough this week, huh? Pray for me. Jesus wants to build his church. Think about that. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. The church, he doesn't say, I will get my church built. He says, I will build. It's an ongoing action. He's continuing to do this. He's building his church. We have to come along and cooperate with him. And when we are in unity, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that will happen. And listen to his promise. When we're in unity about that, the enemy cannot defeat us. He says, you will come against the gates of hell, and the church will prevail. The church is unbeatable when they become unified around the purpose of doing what Jesus has called us to do. Him being the Son of God and us building the church. And he says, when that happens, when that unity happens, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven for you to do whatever you want to do. You're going to have the keys to the kingdom. Nothing's impossible. You're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. I think about this. You've got somebody in your life. You know, they've got a new Porsche. And they say, you know, when you get your values right, you get your life together, you get it right, I'm giving you the keys. It's yours. And you get it right. You can't get it until it's right. But on, on this truth, you have the keys. You get this right. I don't know about you, I'm going to probably try to get it right. See, the problem is, is we don't see the church as the force. We see the old junk that's been up a little bit with black hair. When the church is supposed to be seen as this marching army, advancing into the darkness of this world and bringing the light of the gospel to it, rescuing people out of the darkness of sin and destruction that leaves them empty and broken, destroys their marriages, destroys their children, destroys their future, destroys their eternity. We're supposed to be this marching army coming against the gates of hell to destroy the gates of hell and set people free. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be storming the gates of hell. We, The church is an action, an ongoing work, a force in its community, a work in progress, and we should want the keys. We should want the keys. He's going to say, give us the keys. Put them in my hands. He's going to say, who do you believe about you? What do you believe about Jesus? Are you following them? Do we need to get that individual call and understand the corporate call? And in all in that, all of that unity is required for success. Let me give you a few thoughts about keys. Have you 
however, whatever spiritual maturity you have, you can begin to serve other people. Everybody can do that. Nobody's left out of that. Everybody can get involved someplace in serving other people. I, I, I've, I've watched that in my children when they were young, as, as they would capture things and begin to serve somebody else. But as I mature, I can do it intentionally and purposefully with forethought. We can all invite people. Every one of us can do it. Every one of you can send a card out this week to somebody saying, hey, listen, next week we're doing this thing on relationships. Why don't you come? In about four weeks, everybody can send a, send, go to their friends and say, hey, we're opening a new church for you. Just come see how proud of it we are. Come see it. Everybody can leverage the things we have to invite somebody. Everybody can do that. We can all pray. Every one of us can pray. And ask God to be with us. In fact, starting on Wednesday, we're talking about tapping in. Tapping into the power of God. Now hold, hold on. We can all be obedient and give it. We can all be obedient and give it. We can all jump in time. Here's the amazing thing about giving. God didn't say, I want all of you to give $50,000 a year. A lot of us couldn't do that. It's not, it's not in our ability to do that. We don't have that kind of income. God doesn't put it that way. He says, I want you to tithe. If I make a dollar, I can tithe. If I make $100,000, I can tithe. If I make a million dollars, I can tithe. No matter where I'm at on the spectrum, I can be obedient to God. I can be obedient. And then as we talk about offerings, we can be obedient to them. Remember, the old great writer wrote this one. Are the things you're living for worth dying for? Are the things you're giving your life to? Are the things you're spending your money on? Are the, are the things you're dreaming about? Are they worth dying for? When I think about my family, I feel worth dying for. I do whatever I could for my family. When I think about the church,
ministry. Part of it's ours. Part of it's ours. The fruit of the ministry here, a part of it becomes ours. I want to be a partner in the effort of the kingdom of God, don't you? I want to put my time, I want to put my life, I want to put my resources into doing those very things. I want to be very careful about the wording. This is a faith promise for the next 13 months. What do you think God wants to flow through you? Not what do you think you've got. What do you think God wants to flow through you? It's His responsibility to supply that. Two years ago, my wife and I made a pledge. A pretty substantial pledge for us. We're one-third of the way through that pledge. we got two-thirds to go in the next year. Say, Pastor, you worried about that? No. He's the supplier. I, I, I know what I think he told me to do. We've obeyed that. We're trying to do that. When he gives me resource, I'll, I'll continue to do it. I believe a year from now, I'll pay that off. Because I believe it's, it's not what I have, it's what he has. That's what a faith on. And guess what? I've seen that happen in my life over and over and over and over and over again. To the point that I, know, I don't worry about it anymore. You see, you worry about it. I don't worry about any of that stuff anymore. God's the supplier. He's rich. Remember the old Bill Cosby show when the girl said to his dad one day, Are we rich? He goes, No, I'm rich. You're poor. You got nothing. I got all kinds of things. Well, that's kind of the way it is. He's rich. I don't got much. But he can flow through me whatever he wants to flow through me. Amen? I just got to hear what he's telling me to do. And so here's what we want you to do. We want you to pray about what you think God wants to supply. And on this now card, there, there's you know, three boxes. Box number one is I want to confirm my now commitment. You got a letter a few weeks ago. Those of you made a now commitment a couple of years ago told you right where you're at. And, and just want to know that's going to be praying about it. We want to know your commitment so we can be praying for you. And you say, yeah, next 13 months, my intention is with the help of God. I'm going to fulfill that commitment. Next box is uh, change my now commitment. Maybe circumstances have happened in your life and, you're not, and, and, and now you just feel like God, well, that commitment needs to be a little older. I don't know. I, I think God's time to do that. That's okay. God was probably a lot of you in this room. You made a commitment two years ago and God bless you. Maybe you paid it off. Maybe, maybe God just supplied a lot. You can do more. And you say, say, wow, I believe God has not only told me to do that, He's telling me He's supplying more. And by faith, I'm going to even do this much more. Trust me. And, and for some of you, you've been around here for a while. Uh, you've been around for you know, a bit.
together, and she agreed for that night. And it was a fine night. That night as we were coming to the meeting, it came to my mind that, you know, I'd like to be married tonight. I think we can, in fact, I'm pretty sure we can be married tonight. And so I think we could do double that. So I was saying to my wife, Carol, Carol, here's what I'm thinking. I think we could do double that. And she, again, agreed. And so I'm coming to that meeting pretty pleased with myself. You know, this is a good number. And so it came time, as it had been time in the moment, for, in this case, Pastor Mark to walk me through the meeting of heart. And I was leading that. And once again, we said, now let's just take a moment to be quiet together and pray to God to speak to us, that we can do what you would have us do. And so we were quiet, bowed our heads, and the number came to us. And it brought tears to my eyes. And it kind of shocked me. Because it wasn't that number I had gotten most recently. It was twice that number. It was four times the original number. I'm there leading this thing. And I'm saying, Lord, that's beyond what I can see. You see, he answered my prayer. He moved me out of the place where, what can I figure out? To what could and would he do through me if I'll allow him to? And so I had tears in my eyes because of how special that was. And I thought, Lord, this is going to go beyond my provision. It's going to require your provision. And I really want to make sure I'm not just being emotional here. And so I'd like some confirmation. So I looked to my wife, Carol, who was on the platform with me. And it was bad. And I said, Carol, do you have a number? And she had cut back on me. And she had those same tears in her eyes. What is it? Whisper it in my ear. And, of course, as you might imagine, it was the same number I had just heard. And so we, with thanks, humility, and awe, put that number on the card there and turned it in. And God miraculously provided in ways we'd never imagined so that we could fulfill that pledge, complete that giving, and go beyond it. I share that with you because it was such a special experience for us and for others that had similar experiences. And I don't want you to miss it. And it's not because there's anything special about us. It's because of our special God. And every single person here, whether you're somewhat older, whether you're somewhat younger, or whether you're right in the middle, every one of us had the opportunity to experience something truly special. And so that's why I share that true story with you. And I would say and I would pray, God, lead us, let us, help us be your servants for your glory, for your purpose, and according to your will. Thank you. You know, it's such a beautiful thing. I remember the boy coming up here. 